dead morgues and hospitals, Recently has concluded that the unburied dead are coming back to life and taking on the human victims. The not right. Bodies must be carried to the street and, and, and burned. They must be burned immediately. Soak them with gasoline and burn them. Everyone that dies, stress them on the If you are bitten, you have just become one of them that much sexually explicit content and more irony than is allowed for single episodes. In the last several years, distributors of obscenity have expanded into new areas, employing new technologies and reaching new audiences. Neither our constitution, our courts, our people, nor our respect for common decency and human suffering will allow this trafficking in obscene material. Cinema PsyOps which exploits women and men alike to continue. Sharing filth-laden desires on mic to warp the brains of listeners until they are all demented deviants. Current federal laws are being violated, and thus I am committed to redoubling the federal effort to ensure that those criminal elements who are trafficking in obscenity are pursued with a vengeance and prosecuted to the hill. The fact that society is becoming much more open now, uh, less repressed, and I think there's less need for... Cinema PsyOps. Without dignity, they shout into the void in a vain attempt to be loved. Living in this culture now where there's just icebergs of filth floating through every house on Wi-Fi, it's inconceivable what it must be like to be a young adolescent now with this kind of access to... Cinema PsyOps. It must be dizzying and exciting, but corrupting in a way that we can't even think about. A pirate ship with a tattered flag, sailing across seas of questionable movies while firing cannons of disdain. Cinema PsyOps. Long may she sail. Hello and welcome to Cinema PsyOps. I'm sitting all alone in the studio. Matt has quarantined himself in the sub-basement this week because he was bitten and is terrified, and here he is. At least I didn't breathe in trioxin this time. Just a bite. <laughs> I might have lopped off the appendage, you know. I should be all right. I caught it in time. The infection won't spread. Yeah, yeah, that was said a lot, and then it ended up in a gunfight. But you know what? All of that is traumatizing, but I still don't want to open up a gate and let an army of the dead in to finish the job, because <laughs> I'm not a pussy. <laughs> Uh, we're not talking Day of the Dead this week, though, folks. This week, we are talking about Night of the Living Dead 1990. Yes. Now, what do you know about 
how this came into play. Do you have any idea of how this ended up being made as a remake or anything like that? Actually, I don't. Uh, I know you told me that Savani did it with Romero's blessing, correct? Well, it's more than that. Now, do you know about the dubious copyright status of the original Night of the Living Dead and how that ended up taking place? Vaguely. Only thanks to you do I know that vaguely. Okay. Well, I'll give everybody kind of a short rundown on this, just basically to kind of give them the idea. For those at home that don't know and like also to spare people that do know, uh, long story short, after George Romero, Image 10, and all those folks, that made this film produced it and got it ready to go whenever they were getting ready to do the release for the film they ended up changing the name at like the last minute i think they were going to release it as night of anubis and when the title card got changed from the walter reed organization i think is the people who was paid to get it struck prints and be released to theaters and everything whenever they changed the title that organization did not add in the copyright notice that the night of anubis version had and because of that theaters just went crazy and started showing it because it was considered in the public domain because it never had a copyright notice put on it. And the laws at the time actually allowed for this kind of shit, if you can believe it. They just let it go. They weren't that concerned with it and they let people get away with this kind of shit. So the original Night of the Living Dead, while people think isn't public domain, technically is not. It's just because the Walter Reed organization fucked up. Now, because of that, George and everybody else that made the original Night of the Living Dead essentially didn't really see Don one for making that movie. They got basically no money. I mean, they got a little bit of payout here and there, but mostly every time this movie got shown, it was considered in the public domain, so the theater just basically would pocket it uh-huh. for the bulk of its release. All of the times that people went to see it in midnight movies and everything like that, I don't think George got dime one from that. That's hurtful. Fast forward several years into the future, all the folks in Image 10 still have this obviously stuck in their crawl that they never saw basically dime one for the original Night of the Living Dead. They all kind to get together and decide that they're going to basically produce a remake of it. George works with, I think it's Mannheim Golan, which is one of the dudes behind Canon Films. Golan and Globus are the guys behind Canon Films. So he produces it. He gets some money together for them. George Romero also produces it. George rewrites the script with somebody else. There's a couple people that worked on the script and everything like that. And Savini had been wanting to direct at the time, so George gives him basically a shot at it. Now, this film, The Night of the Living Dead 1990, was a way for the people that originally created this whole entire thing, including the genre, as we know it for zombies, to essentially get paid for all their hard work on the original one by having this one be produced. Okay. Now, you can call that you know, commercial, you can call that a sellout. What I call it is the best fucking reason to ever do a remake other than I'm not happy with how the original turned out, I want to take another crack at it. Yeah, uh, hey, listen, man, uh, good for them, you know? (laughs) Just let them get a little bit of something. They're not selling out, they're buying in. Right. The other thing that I wanted to also point out is because Night of the Living Dead had the cult status that it had, the folks that got a career off of that did get a career off of that. I mean, Romero wouldn't have been able to make Dawn if they wouldn't have had the crazy cult status that Night had. We know it is Night of the Living Dead because that's how him and Russo ended up titling it whenever they had to change it from Night of Anubis. But Russo got the rights to Of the Living Dead. <laughs> he can oh. make, he can make, it was like this weird agreement that him and George made where Russo would 
would go on and make of the living dead and that's where the return of the living dead series came from yes george went on and did of the dead he got the of the dead title so that's where dawn of the dead day of the dead land of the dead comes from but okay but night of the living dead is something that they co-own together like they both worked on that script and i believe that russo was involved as an executive producer if i remember correctly i see his name in the credits and even the eastman couple uh marilyn and uh, i think is it george no george eastman is a completely hardman hardman marilyn and george hardman i think is what it is anyway there are the other folks from the image 10 they were the original helen and um harry cooper in the original night of the living dead they were involved with this as well as, as far as i understand with producing it but they basically stepped back and let a whole new crew of folks come in now somewhere in the time frame of this there was a stage play version of night of the living dead which i do believe that this script borrows very heavily from and the reason that i suggest that is this feels very heavily like a stage play the way that it's set out and the way that it really relies on the actors and their reaction and the minimalism of the amount of zombies that we see and everything like that and it really for me harkens back to the original pretty well in that idea because it was more like a stage play because it was set in just a few rooms of this boarded up house yeah i always thought night of the living dead would have made a great radio play as well just much like how it was a stage play as well. It could have it went up with that as well. Yeah, it would be a great adaptation for a radio play. You could really kind of play it up. And, you know, that's one of the things that made me want to do that for this series to do a little bit of a radio drama thing of my own that just focuses in yeah. on the chief and the reporter and what's going on between what we see in the original Night of the Living Dead and also after it, you know, them discussing the things that tie all of this stuff together, you know, yeah. for the various movies. So oh, yeah. I actually would not be surprised if someone didn't do some type of an audio drama radio play of it out there. I don't know if it exists, and I'm sure our very astute listeners will let me know. And speaking of that, uh, my buddy Ryan, who is actually working with me to do this radio play stuff, messaged uh-huh. me earlier this morning after he listened to our Land of the Dead episode, and I got a little bit of feedback on something that I said on that episode. Uh-oh. Nice. Yeah, not, not nothing bad. We're just going to basically go through it right here. Um, oh, okay. he, he was saying that he's listening to the Land of the Dead episode and he just wanted to clarify the geography for me there because I said I wasn't sure and I thought it might have been north. But yes. apparently Uniontown is about, like he says, roughly 50 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. And uh. it's it's about 15 miles southwest of Connellsville. And from what he says here, he had commuted there to work for about 17 years. And he says that he can assure me that it looks absolutely nothing like the town in the movie, that the real one is nowhere near that quaint in any way, shape or form, like I had said. And he also went on to add in the next message that he sent me that I am absolutely right on the nose about the apocalypse actually coming to Uniontown about 20 years before the movie was made. (laughs) He even goes on to add that an infestation of zombies would be an improvement. Holy Jesus. (laughs) Things are bad in Uniontown. Yeah, and that that area of like Western PA that we were kind of talking about, you know, where a lot of this stuff takes place in the surrounding areas, uh-huh. he should know because Ryan is from around that area. And so, yeah. I mean, if he's commuting to Uniontown to work every day for like 17 years, very clearly he would know more than me about when the apocalypse came to Uniontown. <laughs> I'm not well, sure what town I was thinking of that would have been considered Uniontown in my brain, but I yeah. know that I have driven through Uniontown 
Uniontown at some point because I know I've been out there taking alternative routes to where I go home and things like that. You know, just avoiding the city and taking like back highway roads and stuff like that. You know, trying to lose the cops. We get it. We get it. Right, right. I was trying to speak in code just like you spilling water was code. <laughs> but anyway, um, what I was basically trying to get at here is all of these surrounding towns in that greater Pittsburgh area are suffering from a sort of rust belt because a lot of them were folks that would build a house just on the outskirts or just outside of the city or, or you know, a goodly drive outside of the city where they would go home on weekends, but they would be working in the city at the steel mill plants and stuff like that. And once the rust belt thing started hitting, that's where a lot of these towns started drying up and the apocalypse came for them, which is around the time of like the... 80s and 90s whenever this film was made. So we're back to Night of the Living Dead 1990, which is supposed to take place in the 80s. Like, it's supposed to be 1989, but no one looks or dressed like they're in 1989. No, they they all look like they're trying to dress like they're in the 1950s. Kind of, yeah. And then some of the cars are, like, a little bit timeless and not from that that era as well. And, you know, it's really a bizarre feeling, this movie. It's it's hard to, uh, you know, get into sometimes because of that kind of stuff. Well, I can see where that might be a detriment for you, but it definitely isn't for me. And where we were last week where you're more up about Land of the Dead than what I was, and I was I will admittedly say that I was very down when we were talking about it, and it shows. Going back yeah. and editing that, I took out some of the things that I had to say where I'm like, Jesus, dude, settle down. I was angry as fuck on that review. I you were really mad. That was a weird one to do a review of for me. I was like, maybe you should have had court do this. Yeah, and I wasn't just, like, it wasn't just the the movie being compromised that made me mad. It was just the way that it struck me, because I had watched it right before you came over to record that night again, too, and it just, yeah. and then I, you know, I heard it in the background while you were recording it, so that fucked with me, too. <laughs> yeah, I just got more irritated as it was going. Yeah, everything also, maybe part of it now is, you know, with George gone, there's, like, no chance of, like, him being able to redo land in a better way. Well, I wasn't thinking about it until you brought it up, and now I'm just going to fucking open my wrist thinking about that. Jesus. (laughs) Sorry. Well, since we have that very down and depressing note, I think that's perfect for us to take our fucking break here, I suppose. We'll play an ad for shit that nobody wants to hear anyway, and then we'll play some fucking music that, you know, has something to do with Night of the Living Dead fucking remake in some way, shape, or form tangentially that I have tied together, I fucking guess. And we come back, we'll have a, I guess, the trailer or some shit. I don't don't fucking This will keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room.
What is up with what's going down in every city and every town? I don't know. Uh, the bird is the word? Uh, no, but if you pretend like you're dead, I don't know if you will fool the zombies in this film. Oh, man. They, they'll sniff you out, that's sure. I'm not even going to bury it. I loved the zombies in this film. Well, if you love the zombies in this film, you're going to love this trailer. They came to pay their respects. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Why do you have to be so cruel? What? Show some respect. Now, they're running for their lives. A biologist in Stockton, California, have released reports focusing on the phenomenon, specifically on that trance-like state. Every shelter is becoming a trap. Are you sure we're going to be all right? Cooper, you got to help me out! And every road out... Don't stop no matter what happens. ...is just another dead end. They're coming right for us! George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. It's just old enough that we got Don LaFontaine back on the podcast. Trailer voice guy himself. Yes. Well, <laughs> did he not work much after this? or? Uh, I believe he passed away not too long after the 90s. I'm not sure exactly when, but I know that this is at least enough to where he was around for this one. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, that was obviously him. But, oh, man, that's sad to think about. Yeah, that was classic movie guy when you were growing up. Yeah, he's, that's we call him trailer guy voice, and I believe his name is Don LaFontaine. Enough of our nice. listeners have told me that over time that it finally stuck. All right, so let's uh, dig into the film here. Night of the Living Dead, 1990. The film opens with Columbia Pictures' logo, and from what I understand, they initially were going to release the original film, the 1968 version. However, uh-huh. Columbia Pictures, for some reason, wanted to make the ending more upbeat and, you know, have it be, yeah. like, at least a somewhat happy ending, and the filmmakers said no. Yeah, fuck, it. fuck that happy ending bullshit. But maybe Columbia Pictures would have paid to get the copyright notice put on there properly for the title, and maybe they would have kept the rights if they would have just had a happier ending? Well, well, maybe. But that just doesn't fit the narrative of what we're trying to do here. And also, it doesn't fit the fact that, you know, George and crew would not compromise their vision. So there you go. Yeah, right. Uh, Synth score pops up, bringing a rising moon with George's actual credit. And then we see Manham Golan's credit. And then Tom Savini. It actually says a film by Tom Savini. So I guess he co-wrote it, produced it, and then edited it. I forget what you need to do for I think a film by has to be like you directed and edited or something like that I don't really remember but it does say a film by I'm just about ready to say if you don't know about this I definitely am not gonna know about this (laughs) especially in the movie business type thing yeah well that credit of Tom Savini dissolves into our very first clip they're coming to get you Barbara stop it they're coming (laughs) they don't like being awakened this way Why do you have to be so mean? Hey, I'm your older brother. Being mean and heartless is part of my job. God. (laughs) They're coming to get you, little sister. Johnny, now you're being silly, and I don't want to hear this anymore, so will you cut it out right now? You never know when to stop, do you? Never. What's the matter, Barbara? Are you getting scared? You're still scared of her, aren't you? That's why we're here, isn't it? No, that's not why we're here. Tell me something, will you? Why do we have to put ourselves through this charade? Because she is our mother. Can't you at least give her one day out of your life? One day? This is the fourth time we've been up here in the three months since she died. I'm spending more time with her now than when she was alive. And you know why? Don't start. 
She couldn't possibly be buried in the city. No, that would have been much too easy. She knew I'd have to be the one to drive you up here. That's why she had herself buried 200 miles from the nearest glass of beer. Johnny, now we're here. Will you please just stop it? Stop what? The truth? She drove our father to an early grave. She drove me away from home, and she damn near drove you into a convent. That's not true. When's the last time you had a date? That is none of your business. The one thing she never, ever drove was 200 miles to visit anything. Johnny, please. Now, I need you to stop talking like that. Don't talk like that not here. What do you mean, not here? Not here, not in the middle of... Of what? Show some respect. <laughs> You're afraid, aren't you? You really are afraid of this place. Why do you never stop? <laughs> Love of God, Johnny. Bastard! Jesus, you're weird. Let's just get through this, can we please? Just get it over with. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Barbara. For the love of God, Johnny. They're horny, Barbara. They've been dead a long time. Look, look, there's one of them now. He wants you. <laughs> He's getting closer. Dangerously close. Stop it, John. <laughs> He's going to hear you. It doesn't matter. He knows we're here. It's too late now. There's no escape. No, mother! You bastard. <gasps> Johnny! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey. I'm sorry. Hey, man, are you okay? Is there something we can do to help? It's weird, huh? Not sure that I really like the change of the dead being horny now as much as I did when I was a kid. I just thought that was the funniest shit in the world when I was like 12 <laughs> the first time I watched this. Not as big a fan of it now. Well, you know, he was only, he was, he was very close because, you know, like they always say, it goes right to our most basic instinct. He just thought it was boning instead of eating. So, <laughs> Well, and some of us, the two are tied together, even though Matt is not into food play. Oh, no, that's, that's not, that's not for me. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I do love good old Bill Mosley as Johnny, and I really dug that misdirection zombie attack that we just saw there at the yeah, end of the clip. Where you thought that, yeah, when you first saw him, you thought, oh, you know, here, here it is. And then it was just a guy talking. It looks to me like maybe he got attacked and maybe the zombie got a chunk on his head there because he's bleeding, but he was just continuing to walk away, but he's in shock. So he's saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, at one point, though, I think uh, before the attack of the, the actual zombie, when he's walking away, you notice he stops and he kind of slumps. And I'm always like, I wonder if he died right there then. Yeah, like maybe he was having a stroke or a heart attack and was just wandering around, like not knowing what's going on and then finally crossed over. Yeah, he finally, but he never fell. So he's just going to turn into, you know, that's why I thought he was going to slowly turn around to be undead then. Yeah. And then the zombie still came out of nowhere and it was a great job on that one. It's actually creepier the way they did it here because I love where the injured old man is just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's just wandering, yeah. wandering around and he walks right past them and right as he walks past them, begging, saying, I'm sorry, and Johnny's asking him if he's okay. Out of nowhere, the zombie just comes charging, throws Johnny yeah. right out of the way and shoves him right to the ground and just grabs onto Barbara. Uh-huh. Now, Patricia Tallman's Barbara is definitely different than the Barbara that we're used to in 1968. She is no wilting fucking willow. She is not. Granted, when she gets attacked out of the blue like that she she totally does kind of at first freak out but then she immediately starts bashing at the zed with that flower memorial thing that she starts stabbing at it with and then while she's stabbing at it johnny grabs it with his hand and he tries to pull by the shoulder 
back, and she ends up accidentally standing him right in the hand with that brown stake or what have you. In this scene, uh, again, my wife has decided to watch most of these with me because she loves these films, or, or and uh, especially any zombie films. So you know, she knew she loved these. She uh, was watching it, and right when as she's being attacked, because she knows it's a remake, and right as she's being attacked, she goes, "Oh, is this one useless too?" I was like, "Damn, okay, just settle down." No. <laughs> She called the other Barbara useless. <laughs> Pretty much. She's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, no. She was pretty fucking useless. Okay, so Johnny ends up wrestling the Zed away from Barbara, and then they he has like this sort of reverse, like it looks like he's going to go into a rolling German suplex, but he ends up tripping Johnny face forward, and Johnny hits his head on a tombstone, and you see the next snap on this. They did a really cool dead drop fall with Johnny's face on the tombstone with this one. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, my wife was like, ooh, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's going to smart. This sudden death has Barbara screaming for Johnny as she stabs the flower arrangement into the first Zed, barking her territory for revenge later on. I love the way they did this where you make sure you can pick him out of a crowd now. Oh yeah. She runs for help to find an empty coffin that creeped me the fuck out with an abandoned hearse and you know that that zombie that's up and running around may have been the one that was supposed to be buried and the guy that was walking away screaming I'm sorry may have been part of the funeral and he's just wandering through. Yeah because oh my god yeah I mean I agree it's when when you come across that open casket yeah you just get the shivers you're like oh man these people have already ran away from it she is really alone yeah anybody anybody left alive is already now miles away from this place and clearly they couldn't get the hearse started in time because yeah. they're there <laughs> yeah and you know if the hearse is still there so you know that it's abandoned for good reason and she's fucked yeah she sees the same zed on top of the hill and he's still chasing her i don't want to assume that zombie's gender but i'm pretty sure it was a male i think so so she runs off to the car which Johnny left behind. A uh, little side note, that is Tom Savini's very first car. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the car that he bought, I guess, after he got financial success, that Mercedes. So, like, you know, he decided to use it in the film. During all the smash me ups? Yeah, even that. It's the same car. Yeah. Oh, damn. I know. It, I guess it <laughs> broke his heart to do that. But, you know, if you want to make a film, I guess you got to break some Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> got to spend money to make money. I guess. I don't know. So she runs off to the car and it's kind of familiar territory from 1968. But this one's a little different because there's a man off in the horizon that looks like he's just walking up over the hill. He's in a very nice suit, and she only realizes way too late after screaming for help that he's a Zed. And we see it first. The suit is cut open in the back, which morticians actually do that when they dress the body. And the suit starts to peel off him on the front, and we already got that ass shot that is for Matt and anyone who likes dudes. Dang. (laughs) Don't kink shame me. I wasn't. I wasn't. Not at all. You were. You just did. No, I it just was in your toad. I just said it's an ass shot for Matt and anyone who's into yeah, you had a toad, but a toad in tone is a thing now. So, you know, might want to get woke. <laughs> I do have to say, you were already kind of mentioning how much you love the zombies. That autopsy stitch that gets revealed whenever the zombie's walking forward. Yeah. It, it is disgustingly accurate, and it's just like the first zombie. It's super gross, super realistic to actual dead folk and how they look. That's the one thing this movie gets definitely right, and no one will be able to argue, is how good these deads look. Oh, yeah, they look awesome. They just, yeah, stupendous. I mean, they're so freaking gross. Love it. Both pus fucks surround the car. The first one 
bashes the window open with a rock and starts grabbing at Barbara very aggressively. This is a big difference. These zombies move a little bit quicker, um, especially if they're more fresh, they can move a little bit better, but they're also a lot angrier than the original Night of the Living Dead. They're more like the ones we see in Day. Yeah, but a, a little bit more at the beginning, but then, you know, towards the end, it kind of all switches up. Like, all Zane pretty much needed was some time, you know, to start maybe stiffening up. Well, I believe that the very first Zed that shows up that's all rotten and everything, he was more aggressive in the original, and it may just be the personality of a violent man who died a violent death before. Oh, and that's still left over. Yeah. You know, that's that's that. the way that I look at it. No, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a great way of looking. At it. So Barbara ends up dropping the parking brake at some point while fighting off this Zed. And then the car careens down the hill to ram into a tree backward, ruining the resale value for Savini. I'm just saying, man, that's a that's a you got to break a car to buy a new car. <laughs> Uh, you got to break a car to make a movie. And when you don't have the budget to sacrifice, I guess you use your own car and let it break your heart. Yeah. Oh, that hurts. But it's sacrifice. The shock of destroying Savini's first car he bought with his success sends Barbara out of the car where she half runs, half falls down the woods embankment like she's in an Evil Dead picture. <laughs> she makes it to the farm and then goes up to the house. We see some more credits over top of this while she's doing it. She screams out for help from anyone and then moves on to search the house after politely knocking in a panic and finding a way in after going around the back of the house with the door hanging open. She continues to shout hello, finds food sizzling on the stove, which she promptly shuts off like a very polite house guest. Barbara's pretty nice here. I mean, <laughs> for for breaking, for, you know, I mean, not for nothing, but she is breaking and entering. Uh, she She's turned she, off on... She broke nothing. The door was uh, open. She knocked. She shouted hello. Legally speaking, she's in a gray area at most, she's trespassing while looking for help. Trespassing or maybe, uh, like, I don't know, illegal entry. Not necessarily illegal. The door was hanging open. She went to touch the knob, and it pushed open on its own. Oh, man. We, this is semantics. I don't know. You should probably cause some reasonable doubt. All I'm saying is my lawyer has gotten me off with less. <laughs> oh, wait. I didn't want you to actually say that, man. <laughs> All right, so she starts to quietly look around after being so polite and shutting off the stove before shouting out a hello once again. And more tension is built with a look at the stuffed trophy animals about this house. That's a relaxing room. I'm yeah. sure you go into that room to relax. And it's actually filmed with a very Evil Dead 2 fashion and style where it's a very wide angle lenses and it sort of distorts the horns and the facial features of the various animals. Yes. This, this worked for me very well in giving them a very otherworldly, very like she's in a shock state feel and I gotta say that's definitely an improvement over the room of how she was supposed to be shocked in the original when she goes in the trophy room yeah right she feels blood drip on her face and looks up to see a blood pool on the ceiling leaking from the floor above as a hand slowly creeps forward and falls on her she screams and falls backwards onto her back on the floor before a large farmer looking Zed steps forward breaks through the fucking banister and begins to fall directly on top of her from the landing above. This spells out certain doom from Barbara, but Patricia Tallman's a fucking stunt person, so she rolls out of the way at the very last second, screaming like mad and crying in fear. I thought the hand, when it hit the ground, made the coolest little sound and moved. Well, you know, not just a... It, it was really gross. Like, really well done. Yeah, that's... Absolutely. I, I really don't have a lot to add to that, because when you see that hand coming at her face like that, her yeah. fear, her shock 
shock, her panic, and her like being outraged and grossed out all at once. Yeah, I felt every second of that, and I'm like, yeah, I probably would have hit the fucking ground too. I don't blame her at all. No, man. I mean, yeah, someone else's blood poured all over you. Jeez, no thanks. Yeah, and a severed hand coming at me when I didn't request it. Yeah, also gross. Wait, why? Why when would you ever request it? Move past that. My lawyer says oh, I can't oh. comment. Oh, okay. So the, did you get a lawyer? Uh, also can't comment. Okay. So the falling Zed once Barbara rolls out of the way hits brain pan and face first. Did you see that? Yes. Oh. Barbara jumps up and runs for the back door to see an inbred undead Zed creeping around the back. So she runs out the front door to be confronted by a deformed dead fuck stumbling upon the dirt road at her. He almost looks like he had his face caved in. I actually believe that that particular actor may have had some type of deformity that they used for makeup to make him look like that as well. Okay. If it's the one that I'm thinking of, it may have been somebody that Tom Savini had a chance encounter for, and the guy was like, he told him he would be perfect to play a zombie, and the guy's like, yes, yes, I would, and just basically showed up at all the premieres and everything. So, I don't don't want to say 100% it's a facial deformity, or if it's just maybe the way that his face was set up that they could make it look like that, but yeah, he definitely looks like something really bad happened to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the makeup, anyway. Yes, exactly. So she sees that Zed stumbling up the dirt road at her. She screams more than notices a truck barreling down the road at high speed, which flattens that Zed we were just talking about. Out steps Tony motherfucking Todd as Ben and Tony motherfucking Pod is talking, so that's our next clip. Anyone else inside? Huh? You got any shotguns in there? Hunting rifle, anything? I don't know. I don't. drags her inside, does a front karate kick to the chest of the inbred undead Zed. Roundhouse. No, roundhouse is where you pick the leg up and go in a sweeping motion. He does a straight pump kick. Oh, okay. (laughs) I ought to know. I've been watching my Cobra Kai, (laughs) goddammit. Anyway, he... No mercy, Court. Oh, absolutely. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy to zombies. Yes. Somehow that's going to become alternative photography, I'm sure. (laughs) Zombie Kai or some shit, who knows? Anyway, he does a front pump kick (laughs) into the chest of the inbred undead's dead, sending him sailing into the kitchen, brains him with the frying pan that I do believe has finally cooled off when Barbara shut it off, and sends him out the door to get it closed. We then see the film cut to Barbara steps away from this and into a living room area to grab a fireplace poker, already a step above the other Barbara. Right, she's helping. Yeah, and she is snuck up on by Big Papa Farm Zombie that we saw earlier. He clearly landed nose first on that, which his face is all kind of caved in now, too. Barbara hears him, sidesteps his grasp, and clubs the ever-loving shit out of the Zed while Ben is wrestling with the inbred undead Zed in the kitchen door at the back. I wrote this in my notes when he should have just killed the fucking thing, but that he really should have. Yeah, but that shows up later that he actually finally gives in and does. Uh, Bar- yes. <laughs> Barbara caves in the skull of the farmer Zed, then Ben plunges his crowbar 
into the inbred undead busting out the window in the kitchen door. So he basically lets the guy back in and then uses his crowbar when he steps back and then stabs through the head and out into the pane of glass. A very cool motion that just goes to show you that he went all the way through the brain pan and it was really gross. Yes. And I already have noted here some super strong effects and violence in these scenes and it is super badass. Oh yeah. I mean it is uh, so far you're really enjoying this aspect of this type of movie you know the the makeup the effects all that kind of stuff and then the action as well or at least the suspense yeah it's really well put together and i gotta say savini did a good job he had the right people behind him to allow him to shine with what he's trying to do here and so far with just the first couple of moments of this film before we even really start securing the farmhouse i'm already nervous as shit for these two yeah right i'm like all right well i know it's a remake so i mean maybe they just both die right now (laughs) well they actually get a moment to catch their breath and that leads to our third clip who is he do you know him it's all right it's all right did what you had to do do you know any of them the ones outside (laughs) this isn't your house you don't live here (laughs) look talk to me girl do you have a car do you have a car no, my brother. Not here. The windows. They're not strong enough to break through the door, but they can get through the window glass. Okay, so after this, Ben searches the house, locks the doors, and is startled by a Zed that slams into a window, but is not strong enough to break it. He steps outside and sees the Zed is crawling on the porch, then somehow manages to stand up before he kicks it away, then bashes the fuck out of its skull with his crowbar. Alright, so he walks over to the crippled Zed that he had hit earlier with the truck, spikes it through the top of the noggin with the crowbar, and screams out, God damn you, God God damn you all. He spits, then crosses himself, which Barbara mimics. Now, we actually see in this film, Barbara does have moments where she's kind of lost it and she's had to go kind of around the bend, but she does end up finding her way back. But at this point, she's kind of lost it a little bit and she's mimicking what Ben just did. He walks up to the house and he leads Barbara back inside where she stares at the farmhouse that she just took out. That was that was also pretty cool. Uh I liked his acting in this when he was killing that one with the crowbar. Yes. Um, This is actually something that when I got to meet Tony Todd, I told him myself and I actually like his portrayal of Ben better than the way that Dwayne Jones did it in the original. I know that that is blasphemy and even Tony Todd himself told me when I said that to him, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear that. He was such an inspiration for me and I don't want to hear that. Please don't say that. (laughs) And so I'm now recording it and putting it out there on the internet for everyone to hear. I said that and that's how I feel. That's the fucked up hot take, man. I don't know about that. That's uh, <laughs> the views of court psyop are not expressive of all of cinema psyop. Right. Fair enough. I accept that. Now, having said what I just said, I'm talking about a preference on his performance and how I feel and respond to his performance. I will freely admit that Tony Todd has a much better film crew behind him than the amateurs that originally made Night of the Living Dead who became professionals with time because they were more newsreel folks and all of that. Yeah, I accept that. I also accept the fact that Dwayne Jones was the only real actor and he didn't have a lot to work with with everyone around him and he probably didn't get as many takes and all of that. But Tony Todd also has a direct line 
to my heart. So I identify with and I feel his emoting so much more. And I just feel like his performance, I connect with more. So I prefer his performance as Ben. Oh, there you go. I I'm no, I'm just giving you hell. Yeah, I know. He did wonderfully. Yeah. And I mean, you cannot say he did a bad job in this movie. No, he definitely carries this film. This film is all about yeah. Tony Todd and Patricia Tallman. This film is anchored on them. And the changes that were made only benefit the storytelling for this version for me. I agree. I'm not saying that this takes away the original or that this replaces it or that this is better than the original. I'm just saying that all of these changes are like the sort of upgrades that an artist would do whenever they want to try and take another run at a story that they probably didn't get the way that they like 100% the first time. That's and what they it feels can like. keep it fresh still without telling in the same story over just having new effects yeah absolutely absolutely and i still think it's kind of funny because tony todd was legitimately like kind of sad when i said that to him and was like don't, yeah. don't tell me that don't tell me that and i'm like what it's just how I, I i feel i'm not trying to disparage Dwayne jones mr todd stop stop telling mr todd how you feel all right <laughs> After he leads Barbara back into the house, she stares at the dead farmer, Zed, and that leads to our next clip. Trucks on empty. We can't take the chance of running dry out in the middle of nowhere. We'll hole up here. Hope that some help comes. My name is Ben. What's your name? Barbara. Barbara. Yeah. Now look here, Barbara. I don't need you falling apart on me, you understand? I see what you did over there. I know you can fight when you have to. But you have to now, right now. Fight what you're thinking, fight what you're feeling. That fight to keep you strong, keep you thinking straight. What's happening? I don't know. Nobody knows. And again, we were already talking about the performance, and this just reinforces it for me. These two, obviously because he has an actress to work with that is a better actress than what Judith O'Day was. Yeah. I'm not going to try and mince words on that. Judith O'Day really wasn't a professional actress at the time, I don't think. So I'm not really being insulting to say that Patricia Tallman, who had had many acting roles at this point and is quite the proficient actress, you know, I mean, obviously Tony Todd has more to work with here, but these two together, I mean, they get my money every time. I love these scenes with them. It. Yeah, that was intense and, and, and frightening. You know, we, no one knows. No, I mean, the way they both delivered their lines right there. Yeah. A lot of the acting for Tony Todd is written on his face. The audio does not yes. do him justice at all because he is basically almost in tears in a lot of moments with the tenderness. And when he's angry, you can just see the rage in his face. Like it just, it's, yeah. it's almost like he's in a snarl when he's yelling at Cooper and stuff later on. He's just so fucking good in this. And isn't that something? Because that man could be well known for his voice i know and he, how like, good his voice is, and you're like no 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 this time it's all in the face so go ahead ignore that awesome voice for a second look at the face exactly all right so they dissolve from this into a nighttime montage of filler shots to show us time passing and ben begins looking for a way to fix up the place and that leads to our next clip radio in the truck all i heard was trash talk same as always People trying to sound like they know what's going on. They don't really know shit. Same as always. One guy saying it's escaped prisoners on the loose from up in Hennessy. Another guy saying it's some kind of chemical spill making everybody go crazy. They don't know shit. How do they explain a man walking around with his neck broken? A man shot full of holes and still coming at you. Assholes. Down in Evans City out for a good time with their guns and their six-packs. Assholes trying to round them up and put them in the back of trucks like they know what they're going to do with them. They had 10, 20 of them in the back of this panel truck. 
They opened the door to let another one in. Come spilling out of there. Like bugs. I was at a diner. Windows shot out. Lady next to me shot dead. Others too. I saw six or seven go down. Car exploded outside. My car caught on fire. It was like, like a war. Some of those things made it inside the diner. Started coming after us. Some good old boy comes chasing him. Mean son of a bitch got some kind of hot shit gun, like an M16 or something. He starts shooting well. Bullets tearing up the place. I saw one of those things take 30 hits and keep on coming. The damn thing had to be dead, but it kept on coming till it took a hit in the head. That brought it down. The only way to stop him, you gotta, you gotta get him in the head. Look, I don't know what's going on. But I sure as hell know that it ain't no prison break. It ain't no kind of chemical that I ever heard about can make a dead man walk. This is something that nobody has ever heard about and nobody's ever seen before. This is hell on earth. This is pure hell on earth. Damn. Doesn't take long for the world to fall apart, does it? There's got to be guns in this house. Maybe upstairs. I'm going to go take a look around. You all right down here alone? There's something up there. What? God damn, that's some good shit right there. That had me a clip. <laughs> Fucking A, that has to be a clip. Come on. Just listening to it, I got fucking goosebumps, man. a picture, man. I could see everything he's describing. Yeah, and that's the part where I'm like, this feels like it was adapted from a play that got adapted from the movie because that dialogue is totally set up to give you an idea of just how horrible the world is. And again, Tony Todd is given a lot more to work with here, but that same soliloquy when delivered by Ben in Night of the Living Dead 68 doesn't quite hit me quite as well as what this one does. He didn't seem as horrified as Tony Todd knows how to be. Yeah, and I, I would say, once again, Tony Todd was given the tools that he needed to do it. I have 100% believe that if Dwayne Jones were given the same tools, the situation would definitely be reversed. But even still, man, I'm feeling every minute of that soliloquy, and I'm loving it, and it makes me want to see a stage play with Tony Todd as Ben. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it totally does. All right, so during that, they actually gather up the Zeds inside and drag them out in an effort to clean up, and during some of that, you actually hear them washing their hands while they're talking with each other. And this is the first time I've ever seen cleanliness after handling Zeds, where they wash their hands. Yeah, except for... Uh... Um, Zombieland when they dump Bill Murray and have to use Perel. <laughs> well, yeah, but that was much later than this, so this would still be first. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I said it was the first time I've seen that. First time, but for some reason I thought you said it was the only time, and I'm like, well... Yeah, no, the Perel thing was pretty funny, but this is the first time that I've seen this. It's for, yeah, the first time that this would have been the first time they wanted to show cleanliness. Okay, so they're prepping the fortification effort for this during the discussion as well. And Ben is setting up a very nice fire in the fireplace during that whole talk. And I think that really helps sell it as well, because what would normally be a comforting thing feels so much more like he's trying to keep the coldness of the bitter world outside at bay by lighting a fire. Almost like when people would light a fire to keep away predators and things like that it's almost like the same kind of feeling where it's not reassuring yeah. it's like he's doing it for an added level of protection that he's not even sure will work yeah no exactly it's almost like um trying to make it seem normal hey you get done with the chores for a day you start a fire or something we also have another empty night uh, around the farmhouse to kind of show the isolation montage of images and shots they try the phone and find it dead and at some point tony todd's character of ben does find some bullets by a 
a gun rack in the den. He goes upstairs to find a man shot himself, which they were, you hear him discussing that at the Clippers. He's like, you don't want to go up there. And he finds a dead man who shot himself. He had his wrist pretty much eaten off. Now we get a picture of why that Zed was upstairs and why that severed hand came out first. He was probably, yeah, right? he was probably kicking it ahead of him when he was walking forward the sound of Barbara downstairs screaming for hello and all of that. And he was obviously chowing down on that hand. So, yeah. So the dude is holding a gun and he apparently Kirk Cobained himself with it. But married a woman who then had him murdered? No, shot himself in despair. Oh, oh okay, that too. And Ben reaches in to grab it while reassuring Barbara there is nothing to worry about up there at all. So he grows to grab the gun. He's not 100% sure if that guy's going to come back or not, and he's very careful about it. Ben then searches the upstairs for a little bit, and then we see the door to the basement opens up at the bottom. They startle Barbara. She screams for Ben, and that leads to our next clip. It's all right. Don't shoot. Don't shoot, mister. It's just us. Who the hell is us? Tom Binder, sir. That's me. This here's Harry Cooper. That's his wife calling down in the cellar. They got a sick little girl down there, too. My woman's down there, too. That's Judy Rose Larson. That's all of us. And do you mind if we ask who the hell you are now? Girl's name is Barbara. I'm Ben. You damn near broke my arm here, Mr. Ben. Harry, for God's sake! Aren't you gonna answer her? Uh, it's all right. We're all right. There's some people up here. Didn't you hear all the noise that was going on up here? We could have used some help. Hey, maybe you can see through walls, Mr. Ben. I can't. We heard some banging around up here. It could have been those things for all we could tell. We just heard some banging around is all. No, no, that ain't right. We heard the girl calling out, asking if anyone was here. We was just scared, that's all. You want to know the truth? We were scared to hell. You live here, Tom? No, this is my Uncle Regis' house. And my cousin Satchel. Well, Uncle Reed, he's dead. I seen him. I swear to God, I touched him. He was stone cold dead. He died today. And that's the truth. Harry, please. Let's go. We can talk in the cellar. Me and Judy Rose, we walked in over to be with Satchel, you know. Radio said there was some kind of old trouble. We didn't see nothing. We didn't see nothing. Home to here, we didn't see nothing. Damn it! We have heard all this before. I didn't hear before, Cooper. Go on, Tom. Well, me and Judy Rose, we walked in over, you know, like I said. And we wasn't here more than ten minutes when Mr. Cooper there, he'd come banging on the door. How'd you get here? You don't look like neighbors. Oh, what? You trying to figure out if somebody's got a car? You don't think we've been through all this before? Mine is broken down on the interstate, and the kid here doesn't own one, if you can believe that. Damn. What about you, Mr. Ben? You don't exactly look like neighbors yourself. Truck. Outside, out of gas. Gas. Evan City is five miles away. We can make five miles on freaking fumes. Yeah, what if we don't make it? You willing to take that chance? Besides, Evan City's a war zone, man. I know, I've been there. It's gonna take us a hell of a lot more than five miles before we find any real help. There's a gas pump out by the shed. But Uncle Reach keeps it locked. You know where the key is? No, but I could hunt for it. Uh, we will, but not now. It could take too long. Besides, we might never find it. We gotta figure out what we're doing first. Finish the story, Tom. This is bullshit! If we're gonna do something, let's do it. If we're gonna stand around and bullshit, let's do it in the cellar where it's safe. I'm not so sure going down in that cellar is a smart move. What do you mean? I mean, I'm not so sure locking ourselves down in that cellar is such a smart move. And I'm not going down there to know what all the options are. What damn options? And who the fuck gave you the right to decide for the rest of us? I'm not deciding for you or anybody else, Cooper. I'm thinking about my own ass. Now, you want to go down in that cellar? Go. Nobody's no stopping. Sakes, Harry, what's going on? Damn it, Helen, will you quit yelling at me? I can't think straight with you yelling at me. You know, Cooper, I've only been around you a minute or two. But that's enough time for me to know that I don't like you very much. I'm sure you feel the same about me. So let's just try to stay out of each other's way, all right? Go on, Tom. What else you got to tell? Well, like I said, um, Judy Rose and I, we wasn't here more than 10 minutes and, uh, 
Mr. Cooper, he come banging on the door, you know. We let him in, him and his wife. And I seen their little girl was hurt, so I, uh, I tried to call for help, you know. But the phone's making this funny sound, you know. I tried and tried, and I couldn't call nobody. That's when Uncle Reed, uh, he come walking out of the bedroom, you know. He was dead a minute before. I swear to God. He was not dead. He couldn't have been. He, you were wrong. You made a mistake, that's all. He was dead. I know he was. What happened? Uncle Reed, uh, he went after my cousin Satchel, you know. He, he went after him like, uh, I don't know. Anybody else in the house? No, just um. Tom, I'm afraid your cousin is dead. Yeah, I know he's dead. Shot himself. Me and Uncle Reed's coming after him and all, you know. I run down here and got the shotgun, but what could I do? You know, I couldn't imagine shooting Uncle Reed. Couldn't imagine doing a thing like that. And that's when I told everyone to go down in the cellar. The one down in the cellar, that's my idea. It's a good idea. Look, look outside. Into the cellar, quick. No, that cellar's a death trap. Those things don't have much strength, but you get enough of them together, they may be able to break through the door. We'll be cornered down there. No way out. We'd do better fighting them off air where there's still some way to escape. A way out is a way in. The window. Maybe we can board them up. Uh, there's no time. Those things are... Look, there's only three of them, man. I've handled more than that by myself. Without these two guns, I'm worried about more of them coming. That cellar door won't hold them. Oh, and the windows will. Look, I don't need this, Cooper. I told you before, you want to go downstairs, go on. Get! You can be boss down there. I'm boss up here. And what you going to do, Tom? <laughs> Judy Rose, come on up. We need your help. You're crazy. You're out of your minds. This here's Judy Rose. Judy, we'll get them old shelves out of the kitchen. What are we doing now? We're going to board up them windows. Tell me. Board up the windows. Are you sure we're going to be all right? There are more than things out there. More than things like Uncle Reach. Tell me. Come on, do what I tell you. I shut this door. I'm not opening it again until somebody comes who can get us out of here. Somebody like that comes will try to remember the car. Idiots. You lame brains. You're going to die up here. You're gonna die. What's happening? They decided to stay upstairs. What about us? It's safer down here. What about Sarah? It's safer down here, Helen. <sighs> There's just that one hammer. Here, use this. Nail them up quick and dirty. Get the windows covered as fast as you can. We'll go around later and reinforce them. Anybody find any keys, hang on to them. How many people are up there? There's two more. And they've got the gun. No, they've got two guns. They might have a hundred guns for all I know, but it doesn't matter because it's safer down here. We're going up. We've got to get help for Sarah. I'm not opening that door, Helen, and neither are you. And if you try, so help me out. You what? Is your daughter lying there? We have got to get her to a doctor. There's no doctors upstairs, Helen, and there's no way out of here. None of those yo-yos has a car. What a place to be stuck. Middle of nowhere. Bunch of yo-yos. Fever's gotten worse. Look, she's going to be all right. Somebody will come. We'll get out of here. We're all going to be all right. They're crazy. They're out of their minds. You bunch of yo-yos. The way that Cooper says you don't look like neighbors yourself feels super racially charged for me in this flick. That is very super racist. Yes. I know that Ben first says that you don't look like neighbors, but the way that Cooper responds to Ben with you don't exactly look like neighbors yourself, like it's the context or the tone that you were talking about earlier with me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, this guy's a big time jerk. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's got his issues. It's definitely the, like you said, the tone is definitely a thing that we need yes. to watch with that. The various elements that they were hinting at in the original definitely feel a lot more ratcheted up for me here as well. The actual racial tensions and the things that I was trying to project with the Cooper in the other film feel more at home with Tom Towles' version of Cooper. Yeah, in fact, I thought that to myself while watching this movie. I go, see, now, if Court would have said all the things about Cooper, Cooper in our first Night of the Living Dead to this one, I'm like, 
He'd be spot on. <laughs> well, I feel like it was hinted at and they didn't know how to deal with it, or at least at the time they couldn't deal with it the way that they wanted to in the first film. And I feel like that's why it was done this way here. Possible. I know. I just want Henry Cooper or Harry Cooper or whoever, Mr. Cooper, I just want him to be 100% evil because I just hate him from the time he pops up on screen. I just do, regardless of whatever version. See, I, I don't need him to be 100% evil for me to hate him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate him anyway. I just am looking for an excuse for him to die, basically. <laughs> you want to you, you want to be able to hate more. Yeah, I want to be able to justify killing him, <laughs> basically, when yes. I watch the movie in the, the original. You want to be able to do it and have, like, authority shake your hand and thank you for making the world a better place. Yeah, and I think picking Tom Towles to play Cooper was a beautiful idea, and he's a really good actor. He's quite good he in this is. role. Oh, he's a swarmy, swarmy, ugh, just shitball. <laughs> this Cooper definitely also has anger issues, and I even wrote it in my notes. Definitely seems like he beats his wife in this one for sure. We were just talking he about definitely that. Beats, <laughs> he definitely beats his wife in this one, yeah. The way he yells at her, like, I can't think when you're yelling at me. It's like, oh my god, yeah, if there was nobody else around, he would have pasted one on her right there. You could tell. It probably would have been like, I mean, what did I tell you about talking back? Yeah. <laughs> After the clip, we see that the boarding up process is even quicker and dirtier than the original one, including how they board up the window with the dining room table. They basically just tear it apart extremely quickly. The table is then up on the window and it's nailed down with like four nails and they just move on. And you hear Ben shout that in the clip. Get it up quick and dirty. We'll go by and reinforce it later. We just need to get the windows covered. First, if the zombies can't see you, they're not going to try and go through the window because they're not going to know what's behind there. So that was, I guess, his original thought. But it also helps to add to the tension that they're just quickly hammering these up and then forgetting about it until it's too late. Yeah, I, I feel it's not so much a plan as much as just just panic. Let's get things up on the windows. Yeah, Ben is more calculated and has plenty of time, even though he does most of the boarding up himself in the original. In this one, it's like they're basically trying to plug holes in a dam that is leaking and springing out several holes and they're running out of fingers. Exactly. Yes, yeah. exactly how that feels. Yeah, they're building the tension with it much better on this one for sure. Barbara notices how slow the Zeds are moving during this process of nailing up boards and states they are super slow and that they could just walk past them, which is something else everyone in the audience says to themselves while watching these kinds of movies regardless. Yes, exactly. Alright, so Barbara declares the place unsafe and that they should all just leave and walk out, once again being 100% right. Ben contradicts her and Tommy notices the doors could be taken down and nailed up. Right after he makes this revelation ben screams out something like now you're talking brilliant idea or whatever so tommy and ben begin starting the process of pulling down the doors and nailing them up as well but just as they start doing that a zombie smacks right out the window that they're trying to put a door up on and terrifying them and they haphazardly pound in the nails tommy is scared when a zed pushes in one window and they have to board it back up immediately and they are barely able to put more doors over windows in just enough time as the zeds work their way around the perimeter you kind of see like a attack defense, almost like one of those like castle defense type games you see nowadays where they board up one window just in time. And then the Zeds are like, well, what about this one? And they just keep moving around the outside of the house, pushing in on the yeah. windows. It's really well done.
them that it keeps ratcheting up the tension. And you're like, Jesus Christ, cover that window next. Don't stop. Exactly. You, you sit there and you're constantly like, you know, I'm constantly like moving my knee, you know, like nervous for this because I have no idea who will live and die. You know, it, being a remake when I first watched this movie, it's just a great job of doing some really like really awesome suspense. So they're working their way around and trying to board up the windows as the Zeds are trying to be one window ahead and work their way around. We then see on the far distance, there's a female zombie that walks across into the frame and then she hears the sound of the hammering and that actually draws her in as well as some other zombies. Now, from what I've read from some trivia that I was looking up earlier, that apparently was the woman who owned the house at the time and she agreed to let them use the house if she got a cameo and that's her cameo. Nice. That's awesome though. We then see Ben and Tom go upstairs to go looking for more wood and various things because Tommy at some point tells them that they were remodeling or whatever and then they go up to look for the wood or he knows that it's up there because he was helping with the remodel. Ben goes up first to very politely cover up the body of Regis the uncle but I forget the cousin's name. Yeah but, but the, it looks like he only covers up his leg. No he does he tries to cover up the face and everything like that yeah. and, and tries to get the most of the damage and just basically covering up the body so that you know Tommy doesn't have to see his dead cousin's shot out face. Yeah. That's nice of them. Yeah. They are looking for more doors and boards to secure the windows. We then see Barbara and Judy Rose working very hard to shore up the boards that were already put up. They've been hammering in like crazy to try and keep it more secure. And then Barbara shoulders the rifle, which Ben leaves down there for them to be able to defend themselves, making sure that she is armed. A very different version of Barbara here already. She's getting armed. She's getting prepared. She's getting more and more badass. And she makes a statement like, hey, we could just run out of here. So wherever she went, she came back with a vengeance she's a much stronger person now i'm just saying uh we had this barbara in the original had the living dead no one dies they're able to secure the farmhouse the dead never get in everyone's fine yeah and she becomes the mayor of the new town in the zombie apocalypse yeah exactly <laughs> so Ben discovers how weak the new doors are upstairs whenever Tommy points out that it's all new stuff by just pushing his fist through it without even having to try, saying that it's no damn good. They end up finding a TV upstairs, which Ben has Tommy check the TV. All they see is an emergency broadcast pattern with a brief announcement saying that they will be coming on live later for updates. They find some new boards that are upstairs and collect them. As Tommy states, the old doors are down in the cellar, and they realize that they can get those and board up the windows. Ben drops the boards to the floor after hollering out a heads up. Cooper begins arguing with his wife and angered when the boards hit the floor. And that is our next clip. Idiots! What's happening up there? How do I know what's happening up there? Said they were gonna board it up. Board it up, please. And you refused to help them? That's right, Helen. I refused. Right! I refused! You know why? Because they're wrong, Helen. It's a stupid idea. The cellar is the only safe place in the house. You watch, you just watch. They're gonna come begging for us to let them in down here before this is all over. And what will you do then, Harry? Will you open the door then? Mr. Cooper? Harry. Mr. Cooper, we need these doors that's down there so we can board up these windows. For God's sakes, Harry! Fuck! Mr. Cooper, can you hear me? Cooper, you open the store right now. We need those doors, Cooper. Cooper, I got a shotgun out here. You open the store, you motherfucker. I swear I'll blow this shit. What are you Cooper, doing? What do you hope store. to accomplish? Shut up, Helen. What do you hope to accomplish? Shut up, Helen. I'm counting to three, Cooper. Then I'm coming through. We're going to open. I'm counting. That's one. What you gonna do, Cooper? That's two. You better open this door right now, Cooper. Oh, you. 
now on, you leave that door open. We may want to get down there. We may need to get down there if those things break in. Yeah, sure. You want the best of both worlds. You get caged in up here, you want to be able to run downstairs. Well, that's not the way it's working, pal. You want to get in that cellar, you get in there now, or you can forget it. I'm not boxing myself in down there until there's absolutely no other choice. And I'm not gambling with my daughter's life. You want to stay up here, that's your decision. Don't count on me to help you. Look, I am not counting on you for shit, Cooper. That's why I'm not going to let You're you... You're going to keep on fighting and get out. This is our house. This is Tommy's house. Here's your plain rooster with it. I'd like to know where you'd all be if we didn't let you in here. Where would you be if we kicked you the hell out? We're not gonna kick anyone out, Judy Rose. We're not gonna do anything like that. Now, come on, let's try and work together and get some of this damn shit done. You ought to keep her covered. Huh? Get some blankets from upstairs or something. How'd she get hurt? One of those people bit her on the arm. What? You want this one, too? We have to get help. We have to get a doctor for Sarah. We're gonna try. Since you ain't doing nothing, Cooper, maybe you want to start looking for those keys. What keys? Keys to the gas pump out back. You mean there's a car? It's a truck. Gas pump is locked. The keys could be anywhere. Do you know where, um, keys I'm, I'm looking for? Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So we actually see Cooper paste one on his wife during that clip. Yeah, yeah, he's a piece of garbage. <laughs> Yep, Tom Towles is like the king of playing just these scumbag uh, asshole types. He does everything you wanted Cooper to be in the first one. <laughs> he does everything I saw in Cooper, but I think the other Cooper hit it better than this one does. <laughs> After pasting one on his wife, he actually does let them downstairs. All of the people, as you hear it in the clip, they're all losing it like crazy, and they can't seem to really get it together. They can't even really seem to work together enough to board the house. All the panicking, all the fighting, and all of the bickering is going on and the cast for this is perfect they basically play this so well they play off of each other they basically go at each other and the chaos that ensues from it feels like a real world situation where people are panicking and taking it out on each other and the way the arguing goes it feels like you're watching some shitty reality tv show where the people are just going at each other to try and get more screen time for no other reason than to just be on camera but in this case they're literally panicking and losing their shit yeah literally everyone's losing their fucking minds. There's tons of bullshit posturing and screaming back and forth between Ben and Cooper, and in this case, it's less about trying to make sure what happens and more about just being in control, and you both see it where they're both, like, fighting to be alpha male hardcore, and the other one's not Weasley at all. He's a coward, but he's a bigger blowhard, this version of uh, Cooper. Yeah. But there is tons of bullshit posturing and screaming until Ben shows his soft spot for the daughter, which we do hear in the clip where he's talking about giving her a blanket and all of that other kind of stuff. Barbara finds some pants hanging at the top of the stairs there into the cellar. <laughs> I don't know if they were just old trousers or if maybe like their work trousers or something that belonged to Uncle Reed or the cousin or they're, whatever. They're definitely work trousers. Those are work overalls. Well, no, they were pants. She, they were just... Oh, yeah, no, pants. The yeah. same thing, though. They were... You could tell by the material. Those were... Those are the farming pants. Yeah, they look like uh, the dicky style, like really rough cotton style material that you would throw on or something like that. And they already yeah. had a belt into him as well so you know it was something that he just grabbed real quick you know to go do whatever he needed to do around the farm oh of course <laughs> yeah well she puts those pants on she works on putting on the belt she tucks in his shirt and everything and now we see who wears the pants in this movie 
<laughs> the very literal symbolism they just put in there. Yep, yep. She just she is Catherine Hepburned everything up over here. <laughs> Minus all the shaking. Oh, I'm gonna get yeah. letters about that. I'm gonna oh, get oh. letters about that. Oh, 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 oh poor Forb. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what was oh. it accurate yeah accurate form too poor but accurate <laughs> that's where we live cinema psyops poor but accurate yeah. and we also hear very much at the end of the clip helen goes looking for the keys when the zed kind of breaks through again and she loses her shit like she can't handle it she's panicking and then they begin working on nailing that back up they try to push it back outside they're trying to nail up the board and then another one breaks through on the other side cooper refuses to help at all at any of this point he only really kind of brings the nails to hand them over to tommy and then runs back away he even gives him a wrench to use as a hammer that that was laying there as well barbara tries to get a good shot to take out the zed but it does not work and that leads to our next clip no don't shoot it it's mr mcgrader you shot mr mcgrader look at his back you shot him look at his back i didn't do that look there barbara just like uncle reach they're dead, but they're coming right for us. No, that's impossible. That just can't be. Grab him, bro. <laughs> we'll throw him up and out the window. Is he dead? Is he dead? You're all things. Is he dead? Stop it. You're losing it, girl. You are losing it. You think so? Whatever I lost, I lost a long time ago, and I do not plan on losing anything else. You can talk to me about losing it when you stop screaming at each other like a bunch of two-year-olds. You all right? Hey, 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 you all right? Look, 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 it's going to be all right, okay? How many bullets does this thing hold? Fifteen. There's more in the desk. Look, we have a few more windows to cover up, all right? Why don't you grab some of that rubble over there and get started? It's going to take us a while. Okay. This Ben is surprisingly more gentle with the hysterics of certain women whenever they freak out. Yeah, I, I think maybe by 1990 or 1989 when they were shooting this, they may have figured out that you're... Uh, the, the person you're having is your protagonist, a classic male hero, maybe shouldn't be slapping women around. You're absolutely 100% correct. But the fact that he doesn't like shake her up and yell at her and scream at her like he would have still seen in some of the 80s movies, he's actually yes. quite gentle. He's quite calm. And he says, look, we still have to board up a lot of these windows. And he gives her something to focus on to try and channel her shock and just be like, do this and you know, you'll make yourself more secure. He does it really well. Now, he made a great motivational speaker. <laughs> a great life coach. Yeah, well, this version of Ben, yes, absolutely. Yes. Now, the role of the hysterical woman in this film is going to be played by Judy Rose because she has that full-on meltdown that we were just talking about. <laughs> yes, she has a paperclips moment there. Oh, actually, I think I, I did pull a little bit more of her freak out here. Who in the fuck took my paperclips? Yeah, you hear it right there. Who in the that's fuck strong. took my paperclips? Yeah, it's very passionate. That That's strong. That's strong stuff right there. I'm not <laughs> saying I'm crying, but I, I am saying uh, my eyes are sweating, so... <laughs> After the clip, we see more Zeds on their way to the farmhouse while they board up every window and Barbara gets into ass kicker mode and loads up the rifle. We got to talk about that whole is he dead, is he dead thing that we just heard in the clip too, real quick. I just gotta, we, we can't just pass that by. Uh, apparently they were in the original script that was going to be a point where Barbara's mother, who is at that cemetery, comes through the door there and she's supposed to be like waiting to shoot it, waiting to shoot it. And, you know, because she sees it's her mother, it's her mother 
mother's corpse. And she has this brief moment where she sees her normal mother say, where's Johnny or something like that? Or why isn't Johnny here? And then it goes back to the dead and she finally shoots it. What they have here is much better because it gives Barbara this like drive where she's like, I'm going to prove a point. You will not argue with me. Is he dead? Bang. Is he dead? Bang. Is he dead? Until she finally shoots it in the head just to prove a point. And I think that works much better than that touchy feely kind of thing that we were going to get earlier where she's mourning her mother and they do a much better way of using her mother as a zombie later on in the film yes and i particularly like uh that zombie <laughs> you can tell how getting older affects you because when i first watched this i was probably like the very very first time i was younger and i remember thinking wow that looks like an alien are there like aliens here too the one that comes through the door like that yeah because it's uh, all emaciated and weird and elongated yeah yeah and you know well that but now as a like you know you're older and you know more and you've learned more you're like oh my god that's actually really awesome work that is really freaking disturbing yeah and that particular zombie i do believe was influenced by some of the death camps where people were basically slowly malnourished or starved to death in some way shape or form and that's what they look like and that's what that dried up emaciated look of the zombie was inspired by which makes him even more horrifying when he pops through that window and i think exactly this was the best place to showcase that they put in all of those different shots and it really proves 100% beyond any shadow of a doubt the way that she does this they are in fact living dead moving around and breathing and they're coming to eat them and there's yeah. there's no arguing with this at all and I love that sequence I mean that is this is the like that that sequence and that's the reason why I made it a clip that is he dead bang is he dead yeah that sticks with me so much from the very first time I watched this till every time I even think about this movie that's the first scene my mind goes to is that sequence it's one of the few scenes i've remembered since i've seen this movie the first time when i was a little kid and i remember that see i can always remember that sequence as being something big yeah it sticks with you it really does it's one of those things that just puts its hooks in your brain in fact i mean because like you know and you even think like ben's kind of staring at her thinking wow she's she's lost it she's gone no he even says that to her he's like you've lost it girl and you hear that in the clip and then she says i've lost it you're bickering like a bunch of two-year-olds and she just goes off on him you know exactly she's just like i'm the only sane person here now is he dead bang is he dead bang (laughs) barbara you're wasting all the bullets is he dead yes he's fucking dead stop stop with the bullets we might need those (laughs) well they get back to work with boarding up windows and everything and cooper overhears the tv broadcast and heads upstairs and come on they're talking about the infection of course that's going to be our pent ultimate clip pouring in from coast to coast hospitals are deluged Apparently, random acts of violence are being committed by people in a trance-like or hypnotic state. They have lost their ability to communicate and reason, and they, they do not respond to command or authority. Civil forces and the military have been mobilized, but the violence is so widespread that it is impossible for rescue services to respond with any efficiency. Uh, people left to defend themselves are caught in the grip of mountain mechanics. Uh, citizens who faced with the collapse of local police and fire departments have taken the law into their own hands. Uh, civil and social services have been disrupted or suspended. Most communities are without telephones, uh, many are without power, some are without gas and water. But the scientific community is focusing on the phenomenon, specifically on that trance-like state that seems to uh, characterize the assailants. Uh, clearly a behavioral disorder, but what could have caused so widespread and dramatic a condition as the one that we are facing tonight? Uh, we've heard speculation on everything from the ozone layer and chemical weapons to uh, voodoo, mysticism, and organisms from space. A biologist in Stockton, California, have released a report stating that the uh, bodies of the recently dead are returning to life. 
driven by an unknown force that enables the brain to continue to function. Doctors at the uh, uh, Center for Disease Control in Atlanta reject that theory, calling it preposterous beyond belief. They feel that the only reasonable explanation is a germ, um, a bacteria or a virus that has a uh, mind-altering effect on its victims. Though how such a germ could have been delivered so quickly and over such a vast area does remain a mystery. It's being called Judgment Day by religious leaders. Oh, leave it to the religious leaders to make it all about them and their faith. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's it, probably somebody asked. <laughs> yeah, but in times when the dead are rising, it doesn't matter what your faith is. Unless you disappeared five seconds before this happened, you're just as fucked as everybody else. Why turn to them? No, maybe. That's true. Why? Because they fooled the most organized religion has fooled them into doing it. <laughs> I would say that anybody who follows them has been fooled into doing whatever that religion says. So there you go. <laughs> okay, then. Nice talking to you, too. <laughs> You're a fool. Anyway, uh, <laughs> with this, Cooper grabs the TV and starts to carry it down the stairs to the first floor, where he's confronted by Ben in another dick-measuring contest and accused of trying to sneak it to the basement. In that struggle, they drop the TV down the stairs into the basement, causing it to get smashed all the fuck up. Not even I could fix that. I heard several things break that cannot be easily replaced. <laughs> they, get in, they get into a serious tussle, and Ben puts Cooper in a half Nelson bending him over the chair like he's about to prison rape him. Yeah, and, uh, now he kept saying I wasn't trying to steal it. I wasn't I wasn't trying to take it down to the basement. I mean, that's a lie, right? That motherfucker was trying to take it down to the basement. Well, his point where you won't get reception in the basement, I do 100% believe. I think he was just bringing it down the stairs and going to put it by the door so he could watch it and still be at the basement door. I don't think oh, he was going to take true. it all the way down. And yeah. I, I also think that Ben was being a bit reactionary because you know the racist asshole wife beater was you know sneaking a tv around of course he's gonna react the yeah. way that he does even if cooper swears up and down that he was not trying to take it to the basement for that reason he was trying to get power of it though yeah i definitely agree with you there he was trying to get one up on everybody in some way shape or form i mean he was up to no good ben knew that or even but... i control the clicker <laughs> i mean when the zombie apocalypse is happening control of the remote is the most important thing to most men <laughs> probably this prompts barbara to go out to check the uncle for the keys to the gas pump while more Zeds slowly move in on them. They all dig through his pockets. It's like Barbara, Mrs. Cooper's doing it, and uh, even uh, I believe Tommy's digging through his dead uncle's pockets as well. Yeah, everyone's searching through. Barbara then sees the Zed that killed Johnny, stands up, aims, times her shot perfectly, and dead shots that motherfucker like Charlie from Land of the Dead. Oh yeah, man, she had that. She, it did not take her long to learn how to shoot. Something tells me that while her mother made been trying to make her into a nun maybe uh to try to like uh barbara to try to take the stress off of that would go out to the gun range well yeah and you don't know exactly what training barbara may or may not have had at the point in time before this or if she did some shooting but it is clear that once she gets a gun in her hands she is an unbelievable shot now that particular repeating rifle that she has is well known for being quite accurate i mean especially back in its old west days when it was first made and it's a 15 shot rifle which is what you want in a zombie apocalypse a lever action 15 shot rifle awesome yeah man and those bullets can go enough speed maybe you can take out two or three yeah get them lined up right absolutely this is a zombie killing rifle you'll see it in a lot of different types of movies this particular type not just because it looks awesome but because it's also quite dead shot accurate if you're even a halfway well, decent shot you, you'd almost rather have this than a shotgun almost i mean if you're a really shit shot then a shotgun's gonna do you a lot better yeah if you're a good marksman 
gun. You want this gun because it'll do you. It, you could do more damage with it. But yeah, if you're a shit shot, grab the shotgun, kid. You just <laughs> just go. Barbara again says that they could walk right out of here and move past the zombies. An observation that no one else really seems to want to try because they're terrified. Ben immediately poo-poos that idea again when Judy Rose finds the keys, or so they think, and they shift once again towards the get gas to get the injured kid out of here strategy. Yes. Well, I thought, you know, yeah, Ben was definitely, I think, buying into that idea that, yeah, I think it's just time to make it out of here on foot. She's right. We're just going to have to try it and hopefully get people back to, you know, help out the sick girl who's downstairs. But then, of course, somebody's like, hey, I think I found the keys. So right back to gas plan. They are swarmed hardcore now, and they attempt to formulate what to do with the torches and shotguns. Ben demands that Barbara stay with the rifle so that Cooper can't keep them locked out. A brilliant fucking strategy that would not have worked in the original film. No. No, no, no. He was at, he was at Cooper's will on that one. But now that, you know, he's got an ally who's really good with the gun. So Judy demands to help that she can drive that this is definitely a three man job. One to work the pump, one to keep the Zeds off and one to keep the truck running. Barbara shoots a Zed dead and even more swarm as they argue the validity of the gas pump strategy. They get on the move as we see another naked lady zombie. So thank you, movie. Thank you, movie. I mean. This one definitely looked like she was still pretty fresh, so I definitely would have. You can have a good time. The torch is lit. They pile into the truck. Barbara struggles with a Zed, and Judy can't get the truck running. She just keeps trying, but it won't turn over. Apparently, she didn't realize she was in a horror movie. Yeah, right? I mean, come on, man. That's why Barbara at the beginning was tripping. (laughs) Barbara fights off a Zed with Ben and Helen's help. Zeds get shot left and right. She's just standing there on the porch, just basically left flank, right flank flank, left flank, right flank, trying to keep the Zeds at bay. Ben sets fire to a Zed and then pushes it over the edge of the farmhouse. He notices that the house caught on fire and uses his hand to slap it out in one fell swoop. That looked like Tony Todd noticed the house caught on fire from that take and just went badass and was like, I got it and put it out. And then they kept yeah. that in the movie. That, that didn't look planned at all. I don't think that was planned at all. And yeah, that I think that's exactly it. It was just Tony Todd going, nope, shit, got it, everybody. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah, he's just, like, he's like, oh shit, this lady was nice enough to let us use her house and I just set it on fire. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> not today, fire. And it just, he just smacked it right out of there. He's like, not today, fire, not today. <laughs> Tony Todd says, there is only one prayer that we say to fire, and that is not today. <laughs> ben fights off the Zed as he demands the door get shut and the truck finally starts as Judy Rose drives off. Ben has to run at the truck, tosses the torch up into the bed and then hops on but is then immediately tossed off to the side when Judy panic drives her way up to the gas pump. She takes too wide of a stance and just throws Ben right off the back of the fucking thing. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I mean, she's going nuts. Apparently the truck stalls out again whenever she pulls up to the actual tank. Tommy demands that she goes back and gets Ben. They notice that they don't have the keys for this particular lock and Tom being a complete fucking idiot shoots the lock with a shotgun which is the dumbest strategy you could ever have yeah that wasn't good he breaks the hose spraying gas everywhere which catches the torch on fire and a huge goddamn fucking explosion goes off which is just fucking amazing oh my god yeah it's 
awesome. We then get to see Tony Todd do what he does best, which is be a badass when he fights his way back towards the farmhouse. His kung fu work in this, where he's doing the kicks, where he rolls under a bunch of zombies and he uses like side tackle moments and stuff like that. This Zed fighting where he's just surrounded by them and is just manhandling them like they're nothing makes me so happy. It's so cool. Oh yeah, he was whooping their asses like they just didn't mean nothing to him. I mean, oh my god, it's awesome. Yeah, He's a big guy, so he can pull that off. Yeah, it's just amazing, and it just makes me wish that Tony Todd could have been an action hero in something. I mean, I know. he's certainly the most badass Klingon of all time, but, I mean, I would have loved to have seen him be a full-fledged action hero. Yeah, oh yeah, that would have been awesome. Barbara is laying down some serious suppressing fire, and because it's actually working, she's nowhere like Cyril Fig, who screams that and then fucks it up. <laughs> Cooper decides he is going to try for the gun, like the fucking coward that he is. Helen goes to check on her daughter and she is all zetted up and she bites mom's sweet neck meat, covering a masonry trowel in blood. Now, it's rusty and it looks like it may be the one from the original, but I don't think it is. It's just one that looks almost exactly like it, which is a nice little wink and nod to how mom dies in the original. Yeah, I, I did like that. I thought that was really cool. Really cool with the blood splattering on that. We have more Ben kung fuing the fuck out of tons of zeds like it ain't no thing and you wonder why did he even need a crowbar in the first place yeah i mean what what do you need that to use that for geez here's the mistake they made and not searching more like because they said there was a lot even more wooden doors can you imagine if they would have thought of that right away and had enough time to really even more board everything up this movie wouldn't be an hour and 28 minutes if they had that time though yeah that's true (laughs) Cooper goes for the gun and allows Barbara to get ghoul groped by Zeds in order to grab at it. Ben makes it back to the house and pounds on the doors trying to get in. Barbara breaks free of the Zeds ghoul groping and then Cooper gets grabbed and ghoul groped when Barbara lets go of the gun and goes to let Ben in. Cooper melts down when the ghouls get a hold of him and screams out when he's getting all ghoul groped. I guess it's not good for the gander even though it was good for the goose in his case. He doesn't like being grabbed by the pussy yeah yeah he doesn't but uh, uh, god damn it (laughs) (laughs) he breaks free and wastes tons of bullets emptying the gun into the wood and breaking it loose and making it easier for the zeds to break through then looks to try and reload it but can't figure out how to do it so there's a pig zombie trying to bust his way in with barbara and with ben whenever she lets him in and they stop trying to fight and keep the pig zombie from getting in oh jesus so they let him in when he sneaks in behind Ben and they pull it in and they are able to then shut the door and lock it behind them. They immediately smash the fuck out of its brain pan and that is one dead fucking pig. Again, <laughs> just going to be quiet on that. You're like, no, I'm not touching I'm, that. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> eh, dead cops. Always a good thing. Jesus. They get the pig's gun in the process. There's actually two of them because there's like a stub nose that Ben grabs a hold of. It's like he had one in his ankle, one in his hip. Yeah, but Ben grabs the smaller one that may have been the ankle gun. Just as Cooper's kid comes up the stairs, Cooper refuses to shoot his daughter. Justifiably so, this is the only thing that Cooper does that makes sense. When Ben attempts to shoot the zombie, Cooper then shoots Ben, who then ducks behind a chair and they have this whole fucking shootout. All the while, the door is wide open, just inviting Zeds to come in, where everything is just falling apart and these people are just trying to murder each other. Of course, because that makes all sorts of sense. Yeah, all this ruckus has just got to be bringing in more and more attention and they just keep trying to do it. The young daughter, Cooper, Cooper heads for Barbara, who shoots her dead, but Cooper and Bed are dead 
set on this point at killing each other. As Cooper runs up the stairs, Ben shoots at him several times. Ben is shot by Cooper again. Cooper actually ends up getting shot as well. Barbara takes off using one of the pig's guns with the gun belt, which may have been his hip gun. Cooper crawls into the attic and Ben is really hurt quite bad. He heads off to the basement after Barbara takes off. Barbara takes off. The dead break through pretty much every barrier and starts surrounding Ben on his way down to the basement. That was horrifying. We just see them coming through all the windows and everything and all of their efforts to board up and make the place safe and it was a total waste in this film. Uh, And it's just heartbreaking and you just... You had the pits growing in your stomach because Ben's badly badly hurt trying to make his way to the basement and they're just enveloping him, like getting closer and closer. Yeah, and you just see his hope break as he starts down the stairs because you know he knows that he's probably not going to survive from his gunshot wounds, but he's yeah. just trying to buy just a little extra time. That's all he needs. Yep. Barbara proves her point by sneaking past just about every zombie she encounters and even has time to just pause and stare at the sight and smell of the Judy Tom cookout in this film which is very grotesque she half cries half wretches and this sound draws in an old woman looking zombie who walks up in the background whom i believe is supposed to be the mother that johnny and barbara discussed earlier and after reading some of the behind the scenes i think that's where they moved her to was here because barbara loses her demeanor and her strength and immediately starts crying like a scared little girl upon seeing this woman who apparently was quite abusive and horrible to her family because of what Johnny says, you hear it in the clip, where she drove their father into an earlier grave, ran Johnny away from the house very young, and basically drove him away, leaving Barbara to be the one to take care of her her whole entire life and practically put Barbara in a nunnery because of how horrible she was. Yeah, I mean, this, and I didn't, I guess, and that's good to know because I always wondered why did she break? I thought maybe she just continued to keep breaking because of, you know, just seeing those people being eaten and then, you know, wondering what the hell's going on and all that. And But now that makes a lot more sense. And this is the first time where we've been in this kind of Romero verse where the dead are actually coming from their graves. Yeah. And a lot of this, too, like the first few times that I watched this movie, I just assumed that it was an older woman zombie. And the fact that she was carrying a baby made Barbara immediately think of her mom and then Johnny and then all the stuff that had happened earlier. And that's what broke her. But after yeah. reading some of the behind the scenes stuff and really listening to the opening discussion that they had that it's their mother that they're going to visit and that Barbara is still terrified of her. This totally makes sense because at this point, that would be the only Zed that would come up to her that would actually break this hard exterior that she's developed. It would have to be her own mother. And just seeing that she overcomes that fear by shooting that zombie square in the face and killing it totally proves that this Barbara has been transformed to become the warrior goddess of the apocalypse in this world. That is right. Or as we'll call it, Court's next love interest. Oh yeah, totally. We'll we'll dig into that on the final thoughts. We're almost there. So I'll, I'll, okay. I'll save it. I'll save it till then. Totally. All right. We then see Ben is downstairs with the Helen Cooper Zed as more and more Zeds pile in upstairs and start beating on the door. Ben finds the Helen zombie and shoots her brain pan out. He coughs, ends up basically dressing to his wounds, sort of makes himself a makeshift uh, arm sling or what have you. And then we see more Zed feeding frenzy upstairs. Now as they stroll through the farmland, picking up scraps and various pieces, it's extremely reminiscent of the way it was shot in the original and the much 
much more accurate dead people make it even more gross to me. It's all extremely great stuff. I loved it. Oh, yeah. It was really good. We then see Ben back down in the cellar. He's sitting at the workbench. He finds an old radio. He snaps it, too. This is George's voice, so, of course, that's going to be our final clip. Do not attempt to reach friends or family. Do not attempt to reach any of the rescue stations identified in previous advisors. They may no longer be in operation. Repeating this advisory, number nine from the Office of Emergency Preparedness, dated 11 p.m. August 23rd, 1989. It has been confirmed that the bodies of the dead are being reactivated by forces as yet unknown. <laughs> Got this one. These reactivated bodies are weak and uncoordinated, but are capable of inflicting damage on people and on property. They are to be considered extremely dangerous, especially when encountered in large numbers. These bodies can be disposed of in only one known manner, that is by incapacitating the brain. <laughs> they got that right, too. <laughs> These reactivated bodies will attack warm-blooded animals of all species, including human beings, without provocation, and will devour the flesh of any prey. <laughs> it has been confirmed that acts of homicide and cannibalism reported through the Okay, now, that was definitely George's voice, and that is the closest to that Western PA Pittsburgh accent you're going to hear. He's actually doing it a little bit exaggerated, I think, to kind of hide who he is, but that's definitely George. Yeah, that's awesome. And Okay, it's during this clip that we actually see that Ben makes the arm splint, lights up his cigarette. He finds the gas pump key, which is what he starts really laughing hysterically about there at the end of the clip, which ends up fading out. Then we see that Barbara finds a truck and a group of men attempting to clean up the dead as they gather them all up and toss them into the back of the truck upon killing them. She does see one of them is Johnny's corpse and several jump scares later they laugh and ask Barbara what she is doing out there all alone. I get the feeling that these guys would fucking gang rape her if they could get away with it but I'm pretty sure that they're not going to get away with it so they don't because not this Barbara. (laughs) Yeah not this one. They fade from that to the following morning Barbara is sleeping in a jeep when super deafening helicopters wake her up and cause severe distortion in the recorder I had hooked up to the surround sound system. (laughs) We see drunken zombie fighting with bikers as well as over Overhear the chief being interviewed by none other than Chili Billy once again. This is a much older Chili Billy with dyed hair to make him look younger and beard. And it is Russ Striner who is playing the chief in this instance, who is one of the original groups of the Image 10 and was heavily involved in the creation of the original Night of the Living Dead as well. Ah, yes. But he still utters the line. Yep, they're dead. They're They're all messed up. Oh, yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Barbara makes her way to the house and sees Zeds hanging from trees and being abused. According to what I read, this was in the original script. They actually wanted to have all the zombies being hung and shot at, but given the racially charged times, they didn't feel that it would work or that, you know, that would might have been a bridge too far to have the zombies hung like that, even though it was used much later on in George's films. So seeing it here and seeing that it ties in right from the beginning that they would act like that totally makes sense.
defense this time around. Yes. She states that infamous line that I've been unjustifiably irritated about. We are them and they are us. It's a theme that's been gone on and on for quite a while with the Romero films, and they just flat out say it in this one. But then she immediately brushes it off when the good old boys who were there with her ask her what it is that she's saying. And she just is like, oh, nothing, you know, just, you know, silly voice, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> she's like, I'm a girl, pay no attention, you know, or something like that. <laughs> Well, it's really funny is we're going to see this whole dead hanging from a tree again uh, here soon. Very soon. Yes. They make it to the farmhouse where they chainsaw open the cellar door and work on piling up a bunch of the Zeds to be a bonfire to be burnt. Turns out Ben did die from his wounds there in the basement as he comes upstairs and is shot dead as a Zed. That was also creepy. Yeah. That look on his face when he almost like his the cataract eyes and everything almost when he like looks at Barbara and he almost like kind of recognizes her almost really horrifying it looks sad looks yeah sad yeah looks sad that yeah. he didn't make it and that if he would have just uh, chilled out she could have made it back to him yeah i don't know man no oh, that that's just heartbreaking too barbara moves away from ben and runs into cooper who is still alive he says you came back you came back barbara puts the gun to his forehead and murders him in cold blood and then her face in this is freaking awesome yeah she's shocked that he's still alive then pissed that he's still alive then murders him and horrified everything yeah every emotion in there yeah every negative emotion well and then when she gets the anger and she just murders him like that in cold blood and then just immediately goes that's another one for the fire and she just calmly walks away like it's absolutely nothing that was fucking awesome and i always cheer for that moment that was fucking awesome but i guarantee you that's when those two hillbillies then looked at her as the leader because they both the way they looked at her and the way they looked at the body i think they both put two and two together knew damn well he wasn't undead <laughs> we see the locals celebrating and partying it over the zeds as barbara steps out with a vacant warrior of the apocalypse look on her face <laughs> she just has this like sort of stare off into the distance like i'm not even here i need to see what's going to happen later on in the apocalypse yeah we cue the synth music and credits as the montage of people's bodies being dragged off into the fire and various hanging zeds happens once again roll credits All right, now we were kind of talking about it earlier and we were alluding to it, so I need to get back to this right now. There is a very specific sequence in this film that made me fall in love with the character of Barbara in ways that I was not prepared to deal with as a child <laughs> watching this. And <laughs> Who then, are you kidding? You were very prepared. And then also with the actress of Pat Patricia Tallman herself being obsessed with her. And we've talked about it earlier, but the sequence where she's there with the rifle shooting the zombie and screaming, is he dead at all the other people? I was just yeah. like, my warrior guy goddess protect me from the apocalypse <laughs> i so fell in love with her watching this as a kid They're like court needs a hug <laughs> right now i rented this or i saw this on cable shortly after it was released in the 90s i want to say it was like 91 or 92 so i would have been like 11 12 13 around the time that i saw this which would coincide with the worst weekend of my life so i may have also rented it in because it fits in the letter when i was renting things in alphabetical order at the time so i may have seen it then as well but this film terrified the ever-loving shit out of me okay now i'm positive that I ran into the VHS because now I remember I actually this is the very first VHS tape I dubbed between two VCRs. Oh, nice. This this tape. <laughs> and I actually I had a I had a zombie specific VHS dub tape where I did like four movies on a six hour tape. You know, because if you did the ex extra long play or the ELP or whatever they, they called it, uh or SLP if it was super long play, depending upon your VCR. But the four movies was Night of the Living Dead 90, Return of the Living Dead, uh, then it was Return of the Living Dead 2, because 
because I rented all three of those together, I think, at some point to do this when I dubbed them. And then I think the absolute last film was like Halloween 6 or some shit that didn't fit at all, but I just put it on there to fit the last <laughs> end of the tape. But I, I had those three movies back to back, and I wore the hell out of that tape watching all three of them in a row as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I have one great thing about this. Uh, back uh, when uh, my wife and I were just dating, we were at her apartment and we actually ended up watching this movie and um, the scene where they're all when they're like the Coopers they first come up and then they look outside and they see the dead kind of coming down like a little hill towards the house uh, with like the night the uh, the lights on the sheds like shining on them well when I went out on my you know my now wife's deck at the time uh, I went out there to have a cigarette back when I was still a smoker and it was the exact same kind of hill in the exact same lighting around it as in the movie so and i just watched the movie so here i am thinking awesome if i say somebody like walk down the hill drunk i'm gonna probably piss myself well it's the same with me after watching the original as a little kid and then even watching this one just a few years later without realizing the original black and white was even existing after watching it and realizing that just over the hill from where my parents house was you know just like right through the woods at any moment i could watch zombies come walking out of the woods from the cemetery over there and yeah exactly it just reinforced my fears. Like I said, it was a night very much like the night in this movie. There was some, some fog moving through and everything. And seeing people walk down this little hill with, where this light was was not unheard of because there was like a little si- there was like sidewalks that lead all the way, and some people would just cut through them to get to the apartment building. So like I'm just sitting there, I'm like, God, please don't let anybody come down here, and especially if they're drunk and stumbling, because then. <laughs> Then I, <laughs> I'm going to take a massive dump. Yeah, I remember that apartment complex. And now that you mentioned it, I remember that story of right after you watched it. And I was amazed that that was the first time that you had actually watched Night of the Living Dead 1990. Yeah, yeah. And you saw that slope, you know, that little downhill thing where, yeah, people could walk down that and it looked just like it from where her deck was. Yeah. And the other thing that I was kind of, now that I'm thinking about it, when you mentioned that, and that particular apartment was garden level that you were watching it on too, right? It wasn't the the, the third floor. No, 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 it was not. (laughs) You did not have any of that safety anything you could have gotten up there and now that i think about it i may have loaned you the dvd to watch because i was like you've never seen it give it a shot <laughs> yeah i think you did actually because i was looking for something to watch because she wanted to stay in that night so i was like i was looking for something to watch so i think you gave me the, the vhs tape oh that might have been yeah because I, I still had it back then that might have been the three vhs tape thing and you may have borrowed it to watch the return of the living dead but i'm like no no you should watch night of the living dead 92 you should give it a shot <laughs> yeah yeah and I, so i did yeah and i loved it Man, that tape got a lot of use. (laughs) Now that we kind of are discussing it, I remember last week you were talking about how you thought you would have negative feelings or have snarky things to say towards this film. Clearly, you didn't remember it the way that you actually enjoyed it. Clearly not. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the original better, but this didn't seem as bad as one of the last times I watched it. Don't get me wrong. Even the last time I watched it, while I was a bit salty about some things, uh, none of it was about the suspense or the fear that the movie makes you feel that was all still there i just didn't like i couldn't even tell you now what i didn't like because i just watched i just again watched it again and i'm like 
Well, I don't know what I didn't like about it. Whatever it was, it's gone because I like it now. I think maybe it just was at the time that you watched it. Maybe it didn't hit you quite right. And maybe it was in that that time frame where you weren't really watching a lot of movies. This show has really broadened your taste and found you things to like about movies that you ordinarily wouldn't find. I mean, when you first started this show, every movie you watched was the worst piece of shit you'd ever seen, but you couldn't vocalize as to why you didn't like it. And yes, you definitely learned how to look at film from a different perspective of, oh, this fucking sucks or oh this is the greatest thing ever like you you have reasons now so maybe that's all the change maybe doing this show is what made you appreciate the film more and i don't remember you ever disliking it i just remember you going oh i like the original more which i mean of course you absolutely should love the original night of the living dead more i'm not trying to tell people that they shouldn't but you know what when i just want to watch a fun zombie film i grab this one before i grab the other one yeah it's 88 minutes it hits the fucking ground running it never fucking stops and by the time it actually slows down everybody's fucking dead and I'm in love with Patricia Tallman all over again and just begging her to come save me from the zombie apocalypse. And you know, I will say this. I think one of the things that I, not mad, but got bummed about, and I do remember this, is when I watched it, I'm like, oh, I bet we're going to get so many more horrific human deaths. And we didn't quite get that. They stayed really light on the human deaths and went just all in on the on the zombies and how they looked. Well, and some of the production for the behind-the-scenes stuff we can kind of talk about a little bit more now, too. I mentioned uh, Mannheim Golan, who was one of the co-producers of the film. Uh, he is nefarious for promising funds that he could not deliver and then making movies be as super low-budget as possible, or you know, basically saying that they were going to do this amount of a money for a budget for a movie if someone else would match it and then when that someone else put up the money that they're supposed to match it they make it for the money that the person made they don't actually put in the money that they say they're going to to make it better they colin and globus did that with the masters of the universe film and a bunch of other things and there are some reports don't say that about masters of the universe i like that film yeah, but they also, it could have been so much better if they weren't fucking sleazy businessmen, those two. <laughs> Golan and Globus did some well, real okay, underrated that, shit. That, that I understand. I can't wait. I, I'm assuming someday we'll do Masters of the Universe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's probably going to be one that we'll auction off to the highest bidder because there's a ton of He-Man fanatics out there. Um, yeah, one of them. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so because of that, and there's plenty of times that just, like, there's some things that I read or when I was kind of lo- doing a little backstory thing just to kind of have other things to talk about in the film. Apparently, one of the big complaints and the issues that Savini has is even though he was delivering this film on time and actually under budget the producers including Golem kept coming to the set and kept demanding that they remove things like and pull things out of the film to lower the budget more and more because probably they didn't have the money that they promised and he was basically trying to cover his ass I mean now that is that a speculation on my part absolutely but do I have other people that said that that's the sort of thing that Golem had done before in his past and why would he change for this particular movie I mean come on really yeah no, I, I, I hate some people, man. <laughs> now, having said that, even though Savini had to compromise and there's a lot of things that he wasn't able to do, one of the things that you mentioned about the more gruesome deaths, that was something that Savini and the effects crew decided to do to pay homage to the original more. They wanted to pull back on the gruesomeness just a little bit. But truth be told, this motherfucking movie still got an X slash NC-17 rating for some of the violence and gore, and they still had to trim things back. And a lot of it has to do with the zombie deaths and the 
way that uh, the heads were caved in or certain gunshot wounds at point blank that caused that. And if, yeah. if you have the DVD and then also, I think, I don't know what Blu-rays have it out there. The Twilight Times got fuck all for special features, but the DVD that was released ages ago has a documentary and you can see that footage and it is fucking gruesome. Well, no, and I, uh, that, yeah, that, I would love to check that out. And like I said, I could see that they really made those zombies, that they really were the money went was to the zombies, how they looked and their deaths. Yeah. Like I said, I was just bummed out. It wasn't like I was mad or like, okay, well, this movie sucks because there isn't, you know, a human being being ripped into smithereens. But uh, but it was a kind of a cool homage to the original night as well to do that. Yeah. And I totally get where you're coming from there. If you go into the film expecting to have like a gut munching zombie flick, like a Return of the Living Dead or Day of the Dead, you're going to be disappointed by this flick. But if you're looking for, and I hate this term, so I hate using it, but a reimagining of the original that was put together by the folks from the Image 10 that wanted to kind of get the money that they never got to do the remake and also like a directorial debut for Savini. I mean, this if you go into it with the film with that mindset of I'm getting a new version that's like an adapted play version of Night of the Living Dead in this film with some very realistic looking zombies, I don't think you'll be disappointed because this is a really well-crafted film despite whatever behind the scenes shit that they had to deal with. The final product I think really speaks for itself and I know it was a total nightmare and Savini will never make another film probably or want to direct another film because of it. (laughs) But I mean, the end result is actually a pretty solid flick and I really do love this film. This is one of those films that I will just grab whenever I just want to watch a zombie flick because I'll tell you what, 88 minutes of pure fucking joy. It never lasts yeah. up. I never feel any doldrums or anything like that. And I mean, I'll even watch them back to back. I'll watch the original and the remake back to back like that. No problem and love them both. And I'm not sick of the characters by then. Mostly nice. because I'm completely in love with Patricia Tallman's character of Barbara in this. We get it. She gets it. The authorities get it. Now remember you have to stay at least two football fields away. <laughs> you know, I'm actually friends with her on Facebook and I was considering trying to approach her and ask her some questions about this film and some of her other film work, you know, from yeah. that aspect of being a super super fan but then i'm like i don't want to get blocked on facebook (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean like like i i just like i i really enjoy having her in my feed i don't want to get blocked so i'm just the facebook algorithms are going off and congratulations you're a creep Exactly. That's what I'm worried about. Sorry, I'm going to stop before I get myself in more trouble. But yes, I was just like, I just got the heebie-jeebie, so I just want to help you out right now. Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely, one hundred percent in love with Patricia Tallman in this movie. Not going to deny it. That there's no point in trying to hide it. She is Why the would... fucking queen. Yeah, it's like I want Connie on one side and uh, Barbara from Night of the Living Dead ninety on the other. Whenever I'm in trouble, I need both of those women to protect me. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> like they're just both awesome women <laughs> my warrior goddesses all right we're gonna we got to get out of this i'm getting super creepy again yeah you're, i mean dude come on man <laughs> all right so we're gonna have to pay the bills here because once again we've gone over two hours i knew that we would it's a romero movie that's just gonna happen we're gonna play the final ending promo for legion podcasts here we're gonna have a little bit of music befitting of night of living dead 90 and when we come back we will close out this fucking show if you enjoyed this show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell mean power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse 
Pick 6 Movies, the podcast by The Cemetery, the podcast on Haunted Hill, the Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. one might be a little more autobiographical as to why I chose Ministry's Dead Guy as the, the final song here. It actually doesn't really have a whole lot to do with Night of the Living Dead 90, except for the fact that I used this song and made my own sort of like music video out of clips of zombies being killed from this movie. <laughs> it was like a five minute like montage thing that I made and you know, I used this song, so that's why I did it. It's autobiographical and I'm lame like that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to find more of the work that I've done because I'm lame and it's mostly autobiographical for me, you can check out our landing page, legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. Some of the other lame work that I've done is available to you on Facebook in our Cinema Psyops group, where there is also lots of alternative photography done by much more talented and wonderful and charming people than myself. That's Cinema Psyops on Facebook. It is a private group, but if you search it out, you can find it. Ask to join, answer the fucking questions properly, and I'll let you in. I mean the group, not me. You know what I'm saying. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. I am Court Psyops. I don't know. That little snap in uh, what I can only assume was a wink. Might let them think you mean something else. Uh, we'll see. There's much more other questions to get in other things besides the group. You can also find <laughs> Matt Psyop on Facebook as Matt Psyop, and he'll let you in without any question because that's just who he is. That's true. I'm a very open person. <laughs> Both mentally and anally. You can email feedback to Matt Psyopmatt at gmail.com where you can request a meet up if you know what I'm saying, and I think you do. You can also email feedback to court, <laughs> cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. Let him know that his style of jokes about Matt's supposed swinging sexuality is 
shaming and wrong and especially got the wrong tone. <laughs> it's the wrong tone, man. Gotta be careful of tone these days. CinemaPsyopsCord at gmail.com. You can also twit a couple of tweets to a couple of twats who definitely don't have the right tone on the hate-filled shit fest that is Twitter. I'm at court underscore psyop and he is at psyop Matt. You can also follow the show on the Instagram page cinema underscore psyops where I promise you all of the photos will have the proper context and tone whenever they are posted there. However, I can't guarantee you that the stuff that I follow there as Cinema PsyOps will have the kind of tone that you're looking for. Oh, I bet it has some tone to it. And while you're out there watching the tone of your voice, my friends and fellow compatriots and listeners, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. Dude, you hear me okay? Yeah, I got you. All right. Um, I got to adjust the levels because I changed it for this other Skype thing. I just basically switched the compressor since that's the thing that's the most fucked up right now is that, that compressor that I bought used. So I need oh. to check I need to check your levels because I basically flopped them. Oh, okay. Press uh, one. Press one. Oh, that's a little too loud on my side. Hang on. <laughs> Like, almost 100% positive we won't get to, Like, we totally won't get to it at all. Okay. <laughs> yeah, since I flip-flopped these, I basically i am using the Skype channel one because that's been the most reliable, and I have to adjust it for me, and it's cutting me off because the, oh. the Skype input is, like, significantly louder. And that's, yeah. why, that's why I was trying to adjust it with, like, you talking because I'm like, well, if I can get the peak of you talking as loud yeah. as, <laughs> as you will, then that'll, that'll be fine. Yeah, oh. yeah. Totally was reaching across trying to adjust that, and I just hit that shit. The girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So far, it doesn't look like it's distorting on any of the T's or P's whenever you're doing the test. Oh, good. <laughs> so, like, it's... Like, test, papa, test, yeah. papa. One thing that's nice about that blue microphone you bought is it at least has a good internal pop filter built into it. And then you have that other one I gave you on top of that, so... Yeah, it helps out a lot. I didn't do any of the music and stuff because I was like, as soon as you said that you weren't coming over, I'm like, shit, I got to eat anyway. So <laughs> I got to yeah. go. I just don't want to take the chance because if this is a stomach thing, then I'm not doing that to you or to anybody, you know? No, I, I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm happier that it went this direction. <laughs> Instead of uh, any other way. <laughs> yeah, I would prefer... That, that you not get violently ill? Yeah, I would prefer that I'd not get any stomachy stuff here and all of that. Yeah. So that I, it's, it's much better this way. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. I've got to split out on channels again. You on channel one and me on channel two. I'm not doing the left and right thing because I'm not giving you that opportunity. Well, that was mean. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's me. That's that's you. Just ruin everybody else's good time. Yeah, that that's pretty accurate to, to me. Did a court psyop, it should be court ruined a good time op. 
I don't know how that tracks, but okay. That's fine. <laughs> All right, so we're on different tracks, so if we do start talking over each other, we just basically have to pause, be polite, let the other one talk, and then, you know, go back and forth. So try and keep track of where you are if you want to jot it down, like a note of something that you want to add or, okay. or something like that. We just have to basically be as, as polite to each other on this one as we possibly can while we're recording. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, yeah, we can totally be polite. That's what this show has always been based off of. No, what I'm referring to is basically just to make it easier for me to edit. That's all I'm asking for. (laughs) I gotcha. (laughs) All right, I'm going to mute the channels, and here we go. We come back, we'll have, I guess, the trailer or some shit. I don't fucking know. Hey, hey, Court, if you make it through all that stuff at the end of the trailer, I'll give you some of the nice Percocets, okay? That'll be an outtake, I suppose. All right, (laughs) here we go. Three, two, one. He walks over to the... Oh, go ahead. That was was also pretty cool. Uh, I liked his acting in this when he was killing that one with the crowbar. Yes. Um, Actually, I'll talk about it when we get to the next sequence here with the next... Oh, it's the next sequence. I'm sorry. I totally got lost on that one. Sorry about that. No problem. She stares at the farmhouse that she just took out. Now, we were kind of talking about it earlier, and I'll bring it back in here. You mentioned that, so I'll move it to here. (laughs) And then (laughs) now I'm going to agree with you. Three, two, one. Yes. Um, This is actually something that... Hello? Yep, I'm here. Oh, okay, you got cut off. So whatever you were saying after I said not sure about it coming back, go ahead and say that again. Oh, I didn't say anything. Oh, it was just a clip then. Okay, no problem. Okay. (laughs) Three, two, one. And that leads to our next clip. All right, this one's about just under six minutes, so sit tight. Or, you know, get a drink, whatever. (laughs) The the person you're having is your protagonist, classic male hero maybe shouldn't be slapping women around uh we're gonna beg to differ on that um you know i'm just gonna (laughs) what a woman's got a face why can't you slap it oh my god (laughs) that's a clip (laughs) yeah i'm sorry
And while you're out there watching the tone of your voice, my friends and fellow compatriots and listeners, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. I don't know what that was supposed to mean. I don't know either. <laughs> watching the tone? I, I don't know. I, was, I, I don't know. I've been trying to tie it all together and it just doesn't fucking work. But all right. So that's about two hours and 15 ish minutes. And then once it cuts down, it'll probably be a little bit under two hours. But still, that's more than enough for this week, man. All right, man. Sounds good.